Hello everyone and you're very welcome back to another episode of Ladvice.ie, Let's Get Talking, Let's Get Sharing podcast. In today's episode, going to be having a discussion with Richard Dolan, qualified therapist, uh, who joins me from England. So we're going across the water uh, and expanding the conversation. One of the catchphrases of uh, the podcast is to let's get talking, let's get sharing. And I'm encouraging people to, first of all, listen into the podcast and then second of all, try and have some discussions similar to this with your friends, family members and people who you trust uh, or engage with um, Richard on his page as well, because you will find a lot of value there. So without further ado, I will welcome Richard to the podcast and he can introduce himself. Thank you very much, Nathan. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, as you said, I'm a, I'm a therapist in private practice. I'm based in Bournemouth, uh, in Dorset, uh, we're on the coast, um, kind of a bit grey and miserable right now. But um, yeah, I really think that having conversations uh, you know, about important subjects in a way which people can access them is you know, is something that we all have a responsibility for and you know you definitely have uh, you know, a really good perspective on a, a lot of important topics I'm really glad to be able to contribute. Brilliant so I suppose um, just to explain to people like how we, we came across each other um, and I think it's a, a good starting point for the podcast in itself as well was um, that we would have just connected on Instagram so social media um, and I think that is one of the um, real benefits of social media is being able to connect with, I suppose, like-minded people or people who have similar interests. Um, and also like that, like social media in itself is just a tool. And there is a lot of, I suppose, negatives that are associated with it as well. But one of the positives that I wanted to highlight was kind of being able to connect with um, some fantastic people. And I'm really glad to have uh, been been joined by Richard on social media. So um Maybe, Richard, in terms of like, I suppose, social media, you're relat- relatively new to the platform, but um, what would be kind of your viewpoint on it and kind of maybe some of the, the positives that you've seen? And maybe, you know, I know there's, there is the negatives and I'm sure that some clients would have come to you with, with some kind of negative effects that they've, they've encountered. But maybe we can try and uh, refocus people's attention towards some of the positives today. Absolutely. I think it's a really easy target to uh, to bash social media and talk about how bad it is. And you're right, there are you know, a lot of challenges around how it affects people's lives, certainly with clients that I've worked with, um, clients that I know others have worked with. And, you know, within the kind of therapeutic community uh, at large, it's a topic which people, uh, you know, definitely attribute to, you know, uh, an increase in mental health issues. But as you've you know, so eloquently put it there, it is a tool to connect people. And especially over the last year, we have found ourselves more separated, more disconnected and you know, further apart physically, certainly than, than perhaps ever before. And, you know, what I've witnessed, uh, the emergence or not the emergence, but the increase in online therapy, you know, through um, you know, various platforms uh, has really kind of turned people on to the way that uh, social media can connect uh, people so you know here we are talking tonight because of instagram um i've met other people and we've you know made connections had conversations that never would have happened before so i think it is a fantastic tool to connect people to uh, to each other to uh, you know their humanity rather than than come between it and when we've spoken in, in the past you've talked about the um the kind of the value that you can get from it as an individual when you curate your own mm. feed when you decide what it is that you allow into your you know into your world i mean we are on our phones pretty much all the time it's a steady stream of uh, of, of information content whatever you want to call it that we allow to influence our perception of the world around us so you know if you sat in front of your tv 24 7 and you just watched 
I don't know, whatever it was, Gogglebox or uh, Geordie Shaw or whatever, you know, that's mm. that would be your perception of what's out there. So, you know, you, you definitely, um, I think, made some good points about curating your own feed. Yeah, and I think um, one of the, like, something that I think is extremely important message to get across is that, like, when we talk about diet, um, our diet is often associated with the food that the foods that we eat or the drinks that we drink. And I think your mental diet is is an extremely important one that people just simply don't really acknowledge consciously because, you know, we drift through life and, you know, we consume things without even actually acknowledging that we've, we've done it. I don't know how many people even I'm cleaning up my Instagram feed at the moment. And I have been over the last year. I probably spend more time on the ladvice.ie Instagram account than I, than I would on my own personal one, purely on the basis that the people that I follow or the accounts that I follow on my ladvice.ie accounts are far more beneficial for me uh, than, than the ones that I follow on my own personal one. And I think um, sometimes people feel like an obligation to remain in connection with like someone who they've met through, I don't know, school or work or whatever it is. But what I would say, and I'd encourage people to do is to, if someone doesn't serve you, if someone doesn't benefit you in any way, then what is the point in remaining connected to them other than for history's sake? Um, yeah. And I think maybe sometimes some people can feel as though like, oh, well, geez, I don't want to unfollow them because then they'll know that, that I've unfollowed them. If that is the case, and if, if you're kind of worried about that, then uh, there is a function on Instagram, most definitely, that you can just mute an account. So basically, you'll be following it, but you won't see or you know view any of the stuff that they put up so that'd be definitely something that i'd suggest to people yeah so yeah i think, I think um so, go on sorry yeah you, you make some great points there and i was just thinking about going back quite a while when this kind of really all exploded friends reunited would have been the first platform that that connected people to as you say people that they went to school with that they maybe hadn't seen in years and there was this curiosity this fascination all of a sudden in finding out what people had been up to um and then i think we got uh, yeah, we got sidetracked by that and as you say we kind of ha had all these people that um there was an initial curiosity but then um we didn't really have any real purpose for staying in contact but we still had that stream of whatever they had for dinner or you know wherever they yeah. gone on, on holiday coming into our lives and nobody ever sort of not, not nobody but most people never really switched it off um and you make a good comparison there with diet i think if we consume things that are unhealthy for us all the time physically mm. it's going to have an impact and it's absolutely the same mentally and i think maybe even like perhaps more so important let's just call it equally important because i don't want to spark <laughs> that debate but like equally most definitely equally as important and maybe if not in, in my own perception of the world more important because like the brain is far more complex than like, you know, your muscle in your leg or your arm. And I think even in terms of like, the, you know, some of the negative effects of, you know, having a poor diet might be, you know, weight gain or something like that. And, you know, when you, when you, we talk about like a, a mental diet, it, it can sometimes be much more difficult to acknowledge or to see some of the negative effects of the content that you're consuming and without, you know, particularly when you're consuming it, without a conscious decision to consume it, like just passively scrolling and not really being aware of, of your, the effect that it's had on you in that moment. Um, yes. It can catch up with you then. And like, you know, sometimes then it'll catch up to you, with you and you're like, 
well, fuck, that's really had a negative effect on me now. And I didn't even notice, notice it at the time. So, yeah, yeah, you've absolutely hit it on the head there. And we are, I think, suffering the effects of that now. When it's a physical thing, you know, if we, if we don't eat well for a while, we don't exercise, we, we notice it, we put weight on, we become sluggish, we're, our breathing might, you know, get harder. Everybody, you know, certainly over lockdown, I'm sure you've heard many people say, oh, I've got to really let myself go or, you know, I haven't mm. done any exercise. But the, the, the kind of consumption of, of um, content through primarily in social media platforms is much more passive and the effects of it are hidden. And that's a, you know, that's a thing around mental health uh, you know, in general. We talk about, um, oh, you know, if you if you <clears throat> broken your leg or you, you'd hurt yourself, you'd go to the doctor. You know, we have this kind of um, complete acceptance of, of uh, physical health as something that needs to be um, attended to. But if somebody's you know, feeling similarly from a mental perspective, there's a stigma, there's a taboo around it. But, you know, it, it is, it's a buildup of sodium in, in, in the body, you know, consuming all this kind of content. And we don't realize it until it's too late. So I think your point about curating your own feed um, and taking responsibility for what you allow into your life mm -hmm. uh, is, is something that we, that we all have the autonomy to do. Definitely. And what I would say is I'd uh, encourage people to follow people who provide value to them. And to, I suppose to question, you know, some of these influencers that people do follow and, you know, are they influencing you in a positive or are they influencing you in a negative way? And I don't want to, you know, get onto the whole thing of like, you know, tearing down the things that they're doing, because I think sometimes influencers uh, are painted with a bad brush and they can be painted with a good brush, too. And I don't want to bracket, you know, all influencers or perceived influencers into the the one the one bucket but what I was trying to suggest and trying to say, kind of load up there was um for you to give a plug to your um to your Instagram accounts uh, because <laughs> I do think I do think that like you know people like even myself and yourself they you know sometimes maybe overlooked in the grand scheme of things with regards to like the value that can be delivered by following uh, a positive influence um on your social media such as yourself or myself uh with, yeah yeah without sounding um too full of myself <laughs> there's, there's a great page out there ladvice i think it is yeah. check it out it's got loads of good stuff but no you're, you're right and i think um social media is a game you know the, the the algorithm you know all of that kind of stuff and people people play it and uh, as a result people that perhaps have something genuine to say or some real content might get lost within that and you know if you don't kind of actively uh, invest in 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 you know, making sure that you're seeing or um, engaging with the stuff that's, that, as you said, is bringing value in, then um, you, you're just going to get what what, this, what the game puts in front of you. So, for instance, my page, I haven't been on there very long, uh, Check Your Head UK. Uh, I, I talk about mental health stuff, but I do it through a lens of something that I, that's relatable to me. So I use a lot of film quotes, a lot of kind of pop culture references that sort of allow uh, an, an entrance into themes and topics which we all experienced in our lives you know judgment um uh, sort of betrayal uh narcissism um trust all the things that that kind of make up this rich tapestry of life uh, but what i don't do is kind of just talk about the same kind of mental health stuff in a way which is great for the people that want that but i'm trying to provide value in in a way which um which I feel can give people some perspective on perhaps something that they've experienced and think, oh, hold on, that sounds familiar. Maybe maybe I can go and find out a bit more about that and it might help me with whatever's going on for me right now. 
Yeah, definitely. I think um, like one of the great things I think about your feed in particular, and I think it's, it's a great transition into kind of the discussion around like, you know, mental health and its significance and its importance. But I think one of the great things about your feed in particular and kind of some of the content that you would share is that, you know, it's not the, I suppose, a, pre, a previous conception of what, you know, mental health and discussions around mental health, where it was, you know, very kind of very serious, very much kind of, you know, very technical and um, not very easy for someone who doesn't have or isn't involved in that area to understand. It's kind of like this, um, what's the word? It's kind of like this mythical character. Yeah, let's just pretend mythical character that, you know, you just don't, you can't fathom in your own head unless you're kind of within that space. But I think you do a, a great job of like, First of all, you know, promoting something that is important and something that it will provide value to people and like, you know, provide actual real impact into someone's life. And um, but doing it in such a way that is not only, you know, providing value, but being relatable and easy to consume, I suppose, finding that balance between the two. Yeah, I really appreciate you saying that because that's I guess that's the, my intention. And it's interesting you picked up on that that kind of power dynamic that, that exists within sort of mental health or therapy that there is a clinical aspect to it traditionally I think you talked about this it will be spoke offline to do with how the fitness industry used to be but traditionally all that information used to be held by experts you know mm-hmm. um, pe- people that had uh, some degree of authority you know they were they had a title they had studied for for years and you know it, it instantly put them above the people that were in need and that's a really unhealthy power dynamic in terms of trying to make a you know a healthy healing connection which is what essentially a therapeutic relationship is so there's a load of stuff out there now which which is empowering people to understand more about things which you know 5 10 15 years ago they would have only been able to understand by going into a very sort of boundary protected place whereby they were completely stripped of any autonomy and were being told what was happening to them or told why they were feeling that way and um I guess you know being relatable being accessible that's what I'm trying to achieve and I'd have to to say you know not kind of blow smoke up your up your arm here but I think what you do is is that you very well um you know articulate the other side of it and you you make a lot of kind of day-to-day practical advice and understanding um that perhaps isn't uh about somebody who's in a place of emotional vulnerability but it's just you know dealing with the challenges that life throws at us you make a lot of that very accessible so Mm. Kudos. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, uh, especially com- for coming from someone like yourself. I suppose, um, like, with regards to like mental health and personal development, that whole kind of space, I think one of the key points is the more that the information is made available and the more kind of normalized the discussion and the, um, the engagement with it becomes, then the more likely people are to, to get involved. And I suppose one of the kind of one of the the kind of reasons why I would kind of you know promote or discuss or in, encourage people to to look after their mental health is well first of all it's it's bloody important it's extremely important and it's a like fundamental part of life um, and it's much more complex than than a you know a muscle as I've already said so I think to, to give it that significance and to give it that importance within your life and not only from a point of like, if you're struggling and if you feel as though you need help from a therapist or someone uh, qualified in that field, but also as a, like, a, like a maintenance piece, like let's try and encourage people to practice um, self-awareness and let's try and encourage people to, to like 
shared our problems before they become like too big of a problem. I think um, something I would have said before was like along the lines of, um, you know, if you're holding out a, a weight uh, in your hand and you're holding it out, maybe it's like a two kg weight or something, which is quite easy to hold on to for like a, sh- a short enough period of time. But the longer you hold on to it and the longer you allow it to just sit there and, and kind of niggle away at you, the bigger a problem it will become and the harder it will become to hold. So I think trying to encourage that kind of maintenance piece and trying to encourage people to like, just be acknowledging of their mental health and not being afraid to go out and discuss it with, you know, anyone, not only, um, you know, their friends, their family uh, or a therapist, but like just, just to be acknowledging of it in the first instance. Yeah, I, I really like the the kind of analogy there of the of the of the, the light weight that becomes heavy over time, and it's not just uh, that weight, but what will happen to your your body in that scenario is that uh, it will start to compensate, so that you'll start to feel the effects of holding that weight. So your arm might get heavy and tired, but your mm. your, your posture will change. There'll be tension in other parts of your body, so it's not just you know where the the, the weight is being held or you know in in a um, kind of a mental health sense where that that point of pressure is it will eventually spread to other areas of your life and I think what to go back to the positive aspects of social media and you know it's kind of come under a a bit of criticism recently the emergence of these communities around mental health kind of self-help platforms or people talking about what their experiences have been and what's worked for them and sharing that Um, I think that's actually for the most part incredibly positive because whilst you know there is that that gray area when you know advice turns into a need for therapy or that protective mm. relationship there is something incredibly positive about uh the emergence of so many safe spaces for people to start exploring what's going on for them because it's more accessible as we said it's it's in your palm of your hand all the time it's much more accessible than to make a to go online and search for a therapist or to to, to contact services and to actually go through the process of thinking I want I maybe I need help maybe I need to go and, and see somebody is such a huge step for people to take that can take years so I think to be able to just within a few kind of thumb scrolls access something which makes them feel safe to be able to go hey do you know what I feel like this too or actually that's really helpful mm-hmm. um, it's a really really positive thing because it's it's breaking down that stigma more than any kind of televised campaign will do or, or anything like that it's it's helping people to to feel normal about talking about how they feel yeah, well, I think um, like particularly when you mentioned there about the TV campaigns and stuff like that. Well, obviously, like campaign campaigns and, you know, initiatives and incentives, they all play a, a significant part within the realm of, you know, promoting and encouraging people and empowering people to, you know, take ownership of their life and, and understand that it's it, this, the famous saying that it's OK not to be OK. But, you know, me, like I personally can't change the world, but I can change the world around me by encouraging people and and having an influence with the people that I'm connected with. And if I can do that in such a way that, you know, makes them feel as though, you know, having these feelings is okay and it is normal. But at the same time, you know, let's not allow these feelings to, to, you know, be there for forever. And let's try and address them and let's try and seek the help that, you need in order to to try and feel better again because you know yeah you, thing. i think that's where the crossover is really relevant because as a therapist my my goal my, my purpose is not to change an individual it is to help them figure out how to change themselves mm. um and you know 
like you just said, you can't change the world, but you can help change things around you by giving people different perspectives. So, you know, my my sort of process is to make myself redundant as as soon as is healthily possible for someone. Mm. So that you no, know, it's not like okay, they come in. So I know you had um you know, a CBT therapist on uh, previously, yeah. which was really fascinating to listen to. And that's an example of a therapy which is really, really effective at kind of focusing on a solution focused therapy. It's about understanding, you know, how to solve a particular problem effectively. Um, and that's a very reductive explanation, but it could be very, very useful in many, many ways. But what I do is a, 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 as I'm an integrated therapist, I, I blend different uh, theoretical models and it's ultimately a talking therapy so it can take weeks months years it really depends on the individual but it's not about you know okay you came to see me because of x y and z and we're going to focus on that and now we've dealt with that and away you go it's it's about um as you've said kind of helping that individual to figure out how to understand themselves so they can then go forth and live a happier healthier more fulfilled more balanced life where those issues or those perspectives that they uh, that they had that led them to come and see me or another therapist in the first place are not what um, you know what, what influences their their worldview anymore. So I th- and that's where the synergy between the type of stuff that you're doing, the type of stuff that I'm doing, um, I think is very very relevant. And it's it's coming up against that you know that that old school clinical world where well we're the experts. This is our this is our area. Who yeah. are you giving advice? You don't know what you're talking about. Mm. But actually, if you look at it closer, there's a, a lot of similarities between what's being said on both sides. Yeah, well, I think um, that's something that I'm always very conscious of, and even sometimes, like I would definitely err on the side of caution with it. Um, and even in that sense, you know, maybe actually don't cover off as much as I actually could. Um, but I would rather, you know play it somewhat safe and, you know, not overstep the line, then overstep the line. And when trying to have a positive impact in someone's life, it, it end up having a negative one. Because I think, first of all, a great thing about like promoting the things that I promote is, well, first of all, most of it is around self-awareness and trying to be understanding of who you are as an individual and what it is that you want in life. Um, and then also just being able to like, you know, acknowledge that there is a problem or that there is an issue and mm-hmm. understanding that, well, if we continue to like focus on the problem in itself, um, you know, the problem will get bigger. Um, and if we can try and look to for, look for solutions, then the problem will get that little bit smaller. You might not be able to solve it yourself, and you might need to go and get help for it. But by starting and initiating that train of thought from you know coming away or trying to relieve that problem from your life, it can actually then you know set a momentum of many decisions that will go forward in order to helping you, you know, address the issue, overcome it, and uh, I suppose move on and move past it. Um, so that is something that I definitely try to convey in my message. And it is something that I'm, you know, quite conscious of with regards to knowing my place and being able to help people maybe if they are in a place that I can help them from or, you know, refer them to someone who uh, can, can help them if they do need further assistance or more in-depth assistance. Yeah, and I think to, to be to be fair i think you and and but people in your position are in a, a really vulnerable place at the moment because what i have uh, and i did a post on this uh, the other day so you know if you're interested if you're listening check it out uh, about what the difference is between kind of advice and therapy and you're erring on the side of caution quite rightfully because there is a tremendous liability that uh, that is kind of there if you're telling somebody do this or do that this will help yeah. you and i think you know the whole point about 
platforms like yours um, making uh, the topic of not so much specifically mental health, but uh, let's just say wellness, well-being, personal development, whatever, making that much more accessible for people is that you will get people flocking to that who are in need, who are looking for answers, looking for help. When somebody is at a point of emotional vulnerability, when they need therapy, they are, they need it right there and then. They don't think in advance, um, I'm, I'm probably going to need therapy in three months, yeah. so I'll put some in. They are at a point of crisis. Uh, you know, the, the referrals that I get, they that somebody needing to speak to somebody right there and then about something they might have been carrying with them for years. So what they're looking for at that point is someone to tell them what to do about how they think or feel or how to stop thinking and feeling. And they will listen because that's what they think they need. So if somebody comes to you, like that comes to your platform and thinks, oh, Nathan said do this or do that, and they do that, mm-hmm. that might not be right for them. And it might be dangerous. And that's where you're erring on the side of caution, I think, is yeah. right. Well, that's something that I'm definitely, like something that I like try to cover off so so much with regards to everything that I post and it's something that you would kind of like you know sometimes sometimes be somewhat annoyed or frustrated with other people who who don't maybe you know err on the side of such caution because like I I really do like have a strong dislike for people who say do these three things and your life will be changed like yeah no it, it might not be like why are you like exploiting people yeah. you know longing for uh, an improvement in quality of life just to get clickbait and views like fuck off like yeah <laughs> yeah you know be transparent and be of the opinion you know be of the viewpoint of this definitely is useful information there is probably so much value here for you it may work it may not but even by trying it, it it will help in itself because you know that that whole thing is that first step of trying to you know acknowledging that you need you you want to make a change and then trying it and yeah it can it can help build momentum to move forward. But yeah, no, I, I really it is something that you're just like Jesus, like fuck off, really. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It, it no, don't don't apologize for the language. I, I would. I, it makes me angry too. And the, the word that you use there is bang on exploitation. You know, mental health has become uh, you know a commodity that people are profiting off the back of. They're exploiting people, vulnerable people, by um, you know, as you say, creating this perception that if you do this, this, and this, your life will improve. And actually, for many people, it might make it worse. And there's no, um, you know, I, I'm making some real generalizations here, but everybody listening will have come across something like this out there. And it happened in the fitness industry as well. Follow these five tips to lose yeah. X amount. Yeah, and to it lose, is to lose yeah, fat off your yeah. belly, and you can't even yeah. target fat That's off it. a certain part of your body. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, drink, drink a pint of vinegar every morning. There's so many things which are not founded in any real kind of, you know, um, proven approaches but it's exploiting vulnerable people and that's something that i and i guess that's one of the reasons that i've taken this approach as a therapist because i recognize that that we need to make uh, what what i provide and what many other people provide much more accessible to people who for whatever reason are not comfortable or do not feel able to take the step into you know asking for help and they will go to a place which is comfortable familiar which is for many many people social media so it is a real gray area and i think you're you're treading that line very well um but yeah i share your frustration and anger at people that just are, are looking for likes or like, follows or, or whatever 
I think the, 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 the core thing and the, one of the core messages that I always try to embody with everything that I do is like, there is definitely similarities between me and other people, but no one individual is the exact same as the next. And that is something that we need to be so, so acknowledging of because, well, first of all, you shouldn't like from just a very simplistic standpoint, like just because Jeff or Joe is, is a particular way and has a particular you know, particular outlook or particular viewpoint on life or particular hobbies and interests, you shouldn't try to be the exact same as him. And also just because, you know, maybe just talking to a friend or just, um, you know, in changing some small things in his lifestyle and uh, might help improve his mental well-being and uh, doesn't mean that it's going to work for the next person. And I think that is just such an important piece to, to get across. But I think, I think we've, we've kind of hammered it home. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, what works for one doesn't necessarily work for another. Yeah. And, you know, I think the word that I, I meant to, I wanted to put in there was, was ethics really. And that's the word that's, yes. that's perhaps where I've got the, the safety net that, that someone like yourself doesn't, because I am bound by a code of ethics. You know, I'm professionally mm. registered. Uh, I can be reported if I don't, if I, if I'm, if I, you know, practice harmfully and those ethics are what um, keep my, my focus on the individual in front of me and not the fact that I am uh, I'm giving generic sort of guidance or advice and actually therapy is not about advice if you've got a therapist anybody out there if your therapist is telling you what they think you should do get another therapist and mm. because um, I think I suppose it's all about self-awareness isn't it and you know the only like they can help you to understand but they can't you know, do the work for you. I think that's a really important, a really important part of like just life in general is that, you know, it is about personal responsibility and accountability for your own life. And that, you know, you can try and seek help and people can assist you to make a change, but the change has to be from you. And, you know, you are the master or you are the captain of your ship and, you know, absolutely. And, uh, I think that people go looking for people go looking for the solution which doesn't require them to put the work in and you know what we're talking about here is autonomy you know it has to be uh you know it has to be absolutely the the individual's um choice idea um you, you know uh, it has to be completely their thing and if you're acting because someone else has told you to do something you're never going to feel the full benefits of it because it wasn't your decision. So, yeah, that's what therapy is about. Certainly talking therapy anyway, which which is what I do. Uh, the, the way I often describe it to people is I help people to help themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. So therapy. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't want to hear that in the beginning. So they come to a therapist because they need help. And I had to change a lot of our marketing originally because I was saying helping you to help yourself. And people are like, hold on, I don't want to help myself. I'm here. I want you to help me because that's why I'm here. So that's why the risk of platforms which, uh, you know, kind of offer those snake oil solutions of do you know, these three mental health tips will change your life. Uh, they will hook the people in that uh, that haven't got to the point yet of realizing that it's about them figuring it out for themselves and you can only really achieve that in a safe protected relationship which is what therapy is yeah i think actually that whole tip like like one of the things that i often say is like i try to empower people to make a positive change today for a better tomorrow and i suppose like most of the stuff that i would put up um would be like i'm just going to present information and then based on that information you can use your own you know intuition in order to make a decision uh off that um, rather than, you know, do A, B, C, D, and E, and you're going to get, you know, X. But um, I think, like, one of the one of the things that is, is coming out of, like, this discussion is around, um, 
you know, people ultimately understanding that every person is an individual and okay. Individuals are made up of societies and individuals are made up of like, you know, demographics and backgrounds and stuff. But at the end of the day, we're all individuals. Mm-hmm. And um, I know we had previously talked um, on Instagram, I think it was there two days ago about, you know, this whole thing of like, identity and understanding who you are and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of external factors in the world that are telling us like you know the actually i think i shared it there yeah it was yesterday or might have been the day before and you would put up the it was a it was a reel on instagram and it was basically you know what is a man and oh yeah the stereotypes yeah typical stereotypes that would be associated with a man and trying to suppose first of all you know break those down and say that you know a man is not their job a man is not you know their what society perceives he should be he is he is a human being at the end of the day Mm. um so i think like with regards to that topic do you think that um men in particular would have a, a difficulty or a a lack of a lack of understanding or a role model in their life as to you know what I should be or you know that kind of guidance as to trying to find out you know who you are what it is that you want in life and you know how to go about it and go about it in a way that you are you're not you're not being pushed or shoved in any one direction by you know those kind of stereotypes yeah that's a a long-winded question but (laughs) <laughs> no you, you you've touched upon something really relevant and i think one thing i would say is i wished um that there were or i do wish that there were platforms like yours voices and messages like yours around when i was a younger man because i think you provide an awful lot of value to certainly um you know men today uh in, in terms of how to uh you know how to take responsibility and how to be accountable for themselves in a world which at the moment is doing everything it can to tear down these traditional stereotypes around masculinity and that's not necessarily a bad thing but I think it's a very confusing time to be a man uh, you know in this world today and what I believe has happened and there's a couple of things at play here I think there's a generational thing going on so I'm 43 so my um, my dad was uh, you know not particularly emotionally present you know and I know that today he probably won't be listening to this but I know that today he's he's less happy than he could be because he has he's got a lot of regret about you know um things that he he didn't didn't uh deal with in a way which you know now as he's coming towards the end of his life he, he realizes what to do with his inability to connect with his emotions he was raised by a dad that came out the back end of world war ii who was raised by somebody who you know came from generations that didn't talk about their feelings and you know, men used to process their emotions through um you know conforming to these kind of gender stereotypes the men worked in the fields or in the factories they worked hard they didn't they weren't present at the birth of the child and you know they didn't do the feelings thing so what's happened is the world has moved very very quickly to a point now where the expectation is that men do engage with their feelings and do talk about it and are sensitive but what we've got is a lot of and this is why i believe you know Um, middle-aged men are the the biggest suicide risk right now is they do not know how to be like that because it was never modeled to them so in the absence of those role models that uh, prepare men to you know to exist in this world now I think that's where stereotypes have come in so I kind of grew up um, you know my my male stereotypes were 
Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, Stallone, all those, yeah, all, the, all the 80s movies. That's what a man was to me, you know. I, I did a post on this as well. It's kind of like, you know, white vest, rocket launcher, bag full of grenades, bunch of one-liners, uh, you know, dysfunctional relationships, empty refrigerator. That was that was what being a man was. So in the absence of having a, a, a dad or a role model, we grew up with these ideas that mass men needed to be, uh, you know, emotionally sort of stunted. And now all of a sudden, we're expected to be really kind of engaged and, and talk and sensitive. So that reel that you refer to was was kind of, I think the message was see the man, not the stereotype. Yes. Because actually we are, as you said, we're all individual, we're all unique. Um, we're not what society says we are or should be. So the question is then, well, well, what are we? How do we act? How do we behave? And I think that's where platforms like yours are really valuable in helping uh guys to navigate this confusing mm. time and understand that actually it's about you know taking responsibility for and owning your emotions and you know i do uh, i do some work with the platform uh, let's get men talking um which you may or may not have come across follow and them it's, on instagram yeah yeah so i work work as an ambassador for them really just to promote that message let's get men talking you know and there are so many guys out there that um and again it comes back to these communities that are being built through social media there's so many of them that are like i've wanted to talk about this for ages you know but the therapeutic community is very very female dominated um you know it's difficult for a lot of guys to find someone that they think would understand them or that they can relate to and certainly the majority of clients that i work with are male um because that's who that's who's coming to me and i think more and more men are seeking someone to talk to um because they haven't had these these clearly defined role models to, to tell them how you know how, how to be what uh, yeah how to be a real man not a male stereotype but yeah. a real man and a real man and i think you'll probably agree here nathan because it's something that you promote is somebody who owns their own shit basically you know yeah well i think like it, it, I think I suppose to describe like, you know, being a man, like what is a man? And well, previously it would have been those kind of typical stereotypes that you've mentioned, but now it's kind of evolved or grown into um, being like the modern day man and the modern day man has, you know, evolved. And I suppose uh, this is totally unrelated, but maybe it might just provide some form of comic oh. relief or, uh, you know, relatability. Another way that we, you see the, you know, evolution, so evolution would have been, you know, from from the monkey to the ape, and it would have grown, and you know, to the caveman, and then to whatever. But like, we should probably add in now another version of that. Well, <laughs> maybe the version yeah. of that would actually be maybe a, a bit worse of, of posture and stuff like that. But I'm not regardless of the actual physical appearance. It's it's more so with the emergence of like the the actual personal characteristics and traits of individuals and. The world is ever changing. Like that's just inevitable. Things are going to change. People will come and go, et cetera, et cetera. And I suppose it's about trying to evolve and adapt with that as it as it happens. Um, but I think you know what 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 you're kind of um describing of you know people not knowing where they fit in and not knowing you know what it is that their purpose is is because of the change has become it has it has increased in in its um in its velocity <laughs> big, oh yeah big, use of, yeah, big use of a word but it's definitely increased in recent years and it, like i i personally think that all of these movements are so fantastic absolutely so behind them um and it's something that i suppose maybe i'm maybe i'm fortunate in a sense because i've grown up um you know 
with that kind of progressive uh, aspect of society. Um, so, yeah. I, you know, I, I wouldn't have been previously, um, you know, part of, you know, some of those really rigid, very strict, and this is how a man, a man should act, and this is the way that you should look, um, that I didn't grow up in that environment. I think um, something like about like me as an individual and me personally, like no matter what, like no matter what anyone would have ever said about me or judgments or criticisms or, you know, like the, the, even this whole thing of me doing a, a lad voice podcast and doing this whole thing, you know, a common, a common, um, maybe not a direct, maybe not a direct message that I would have received, like from someone face to face, but you know, things that you would hear or things that you, you know, people are saying behind your back is like, who the fuck does he think he is? Why is he doing that? Like, he's like, it's just, you know, what yeah. a gobshite. But like, yeah. I've always been able to, um, you know, I, first of all, like acknowledge the external noise and just recognize that it is there. But at the same time, I'm a big, like some, this is something that I talk about on, I talked about at, um, with um, Connell uh, Harper from CBT Ireland was yeah. that whole piece of inner peace and just like knowing your peace and, and that whole thing of, like you said, owning your shit. Like I am yes. who I am and I am who I am because I want yeah. to be, not because you're telling me or, you know, I'm expected to be. Yeah. And uh, credit to you. That's the, that's the place. That's what therapy is all about. You know, there's various different terms for it. The, the most commonly used one in, in the theories that I apply would be called self-actualization. And, mm. uh, you know, the, uh, for anybody out there that, that hasn't heard of that, um, I would, the, you know, the, this is something which a lot of people have come across that don't know anything about therapy, but check out Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's a pyramid. Uh, that pyramid is comprising of the things that we all need to sustain and nurture us physically and emotionally, uh, that if we receive in kind of equal equal measure, uh, allows us to kind of ascend to the, the kind of the place that you uh, describe not that I'm you know kind of describing you as some kind of enlightened deity that sat there meditating <laughs> and levitating <laughs> in front no. of your mic but it is the point that 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 is where we are completely comfortable with who we are we accept ourselves you know it's not about um you know th thinking about the kind of the influencer thing where you paint yourself as completely um you know uh invulnerable to to anything other than absolute success at all times we are yeah, we are fallible. We make mistakes. And I would hazard a guess that a lot of your uh, comfort with yourself has come from learning from the mistakes that you've made over the course of your life. Yeah, well, I think, I think, like, me, me as an individual, like, I really don't want to, like, sound too, like, you know, I think there's a difference between being cocky and just being comfortable and confident and, and loving of yourself. I think that's yeah. a real, like, it would have been something that people would have said, like, growing up and stuff, like, even even some even some teachers would kind of be of that opinion and that's so wrong to be a teacher and you know telling them basically you know yeah. you shouldn't be so full of yourself well actually, <laughs> i can imagine if, what some of your reports said no actually yeah, <laughs> like i would have <laughs> i would have um i would have been quite a shy i would have been quite a shy kid as like like you know when i was younger but as i grew up and started to like develop that confidence yeah. grew um and it was allowed to grow but um what i would like like even like just so many people like it's just just such a t stereotypical thing particularly within ireland and all of the same in england but like oh he doesn't half love himself like or he doesn't like you know if you're if someone says oh you know you're you're good looking or whatever and you're like oh yeah thanks very much um 
and they're like oh well you're actually you're you're gonna allow me to say that like do you think you actually yeah. are? like who do you think you are <laughs> of that opinion of yourself like like why why this is why do people like encourage people to hate themselves like I think it's because uh, you, yeah you've touched upon something really interesting and we 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 don't like it when we see something in somebody else that reminds us of what we don't like about ourselves mm. and you know when we see people who are uh, confident uh, and you know comfortable with themselves and we don't feel like that it's really really hard to see for a lot of people because it is uh, you know it's kind of screaming to us um, about all of our insecurities you know so you, you talked about a, a good one there we live in a society which prioritizes places so much value on how people how things look the idea that you know beauty is in the eye of the beholder and it's subjective mm. it's kind of it's kind of been um you know pushed to one side in terms of we're being told what something is beautiful and all you've got to look at for instance is the way that men and women have been portrayed in in the media over the last five years uh, and massively different in terms of you know uh, body shapes and and the trends and you know changes in which part of the anatomy is bigger or smaller in any given year but what what uh, i think we see in, in somebody who's confident and self-assured is everything that we ultimately want to be no one wants to walk around feeling less than you know and quite often most of us do so when we come across it it's difficult for us because it's like looking in a mirror that shows us everything about ourselves that we don't want to see and that's what therapy is ultimately is a mirror that um you come to every week and you look in and gradually what you see in that mirror changes until you're comfortable with what you're seeing. And um, I think, you know, um, I think that's such a thing of like, look, people, first of all, being self-accepting and when you're self-accepting, then there's less of, and the dialogue with yourself is good. The dialogue with others becomes good because you're not kind of projecting that internal dialogue out towards others. But yep. What I was like, <laughs> this is hilarious, right? So um, we, I, I was chatting to you a little bit about TikTok and I was saying to you, you know, it's a good app, you should get on it, et cetera, et cetera. But <laughs> I put up a TikTok there, um, I think it was on, it was Saturday, I think. And it was just, I got a chicken roll in the shop and I said, chicken roll, overrated or underrated. And I showed them what I got on it and I asked people to say what they got on it it blew up like it got i think it's it's gotten like 30 35000 views or something wow like all of the comments like just general you know they've done what i've asked and they've said this is my favorite thing this is the and that's all grand <laughs> jesus christ some people like what <laughs> like kind of almost given a compliment and to a certain extent is, is how i'm viewing it yeah um because if you viewed it the other way you you it'd make you feel shit but like <laughs> one of them said um a two-year old version of gary gary beetle of geordie uh, shore <laughs> so basically like saying like you're a cheap version of gary from geordie shore like it's hilarious but like oh, that's no that's typical, like to be honest i i really yeah. I, I couldn't give a fuck but like at the same time you're kind of like it's exactly it's exactly what we we're talking about that whole thing of like well what has caused that individual to go out of their way to view something that someone else has put up that they don't even follow they don't even know and then to make a negative remark about them because like yeah. why not like <laughs> yeah and i suppose that is uh, uh that is definitely what one of the negative aspects of social media is that it, it invites it invites that and you know without this this communication tool uh that community that 
message wouldn't have been able to be communicated to you but it does if you put yourself out there and i've had a few things already that have kind of made me stop and think oh well didn't didn't, didn't expect that and what was the what was the point in them saying that someone criticizing you know uh, a picture of me or something like that and i thought well what was going on for that person that as you just described made yeah. them feel that they needed to reach out and say that and i think ultimately we all do carry we all judge it's in our nature mm. we make judgments in order to decide you know um whether something is safe or not and i think you know what what social media does is it uh, again puts people in into a position of it comes right back to what you said at the beginning about curating your feed if you are going to allow things into your life which challenge your perception threaten your boundaries or touch upon your insecurities then you know you're going to either uh go into flight mode which is where you then go into yourself and you internalize that stuff and you feel bad about yourself because you've looked at everybody else's feed and what an amazing life they're having and they're all going out and doing this or you go into fight mode which is where you attack and make a comment like you've just described yeah. i suppose like that is definitely a massive problem and like it's it's such a societal issue like the the, the the hate comments that get put out there um i think there's so much more that needs to be done not only from like a social media platforms perspective like you know trying to verify accounts and making sure that people if they are make even like with regards to the 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 racism that was um seen on um i think it was i'm not sure what alex twanzabi's um account from man united he made a mistake yes. and people you know commenting monkeys and stuff um, um, which is totally unacceptable and like so much more needs to be done in that standpoint not just because he's a celebrity but just because it's it's wrong it's fundamentally wrong and it's just unacceptable behavior and um, so social medias need to do more to hold people accountable like verifications of accounts when you sign up and stuff and allowing uh, them to liaise then with like the relevant authorities in order to you know put in place um you know repercussions uh, to those actions but the real thing that needs to be done um, and it's a, it's a much more difficult um, task to address uh, per se is that whole piece of education around you know social media it is a total it, well it's not even an, it's it's an emerging tool and it's something that is somewhat new it has changed the dynamic of communication from one person to another and um, like it's it's not just one to one now it's one to however many thousand that follow you um, so I think that that needs to be done, some communication around that. But one thing that I always like would say um, to anyone who, who does get some form of a hate or a negative remark under, under their, their comment. And when I say negative remark, sometimes negative comments are fair, they're valid, and they can help you to become a better person and individual. I think uh, a post that I've, or something that I've said previously and a post that I've done previously was like, um, if you wouldn't take advice from them, don't take criticism from them. Um, because some people will just criticize you in order, in order to big themselves up and make themselves feel better. Um, so that's an important piece. But also then for like, let's just say that Gary, the Gary Beadle one, first of all, I'm comfortable, comfortable enough to make that like, it just a joke and, a, and like, that's hilarious. Like I personally laughed at it because I can see, I can see why. Um, but what I, what I would say to people is like, if there's a negative comment and even if it's, a, if it's a worse one than that, it's to try and come at it from a point of compassion and empathy towards the person who's made the comment, because in order, like, just imagine for that person to go out of their way and to, you know, try and tear someone down, what is going on within that person's head and it's the whole thing of you know like again i'm not really 
too well up on the psychology of it all but like you know bullies in school like a bully in school would have you know portrayed a dominance in order to you know rank higher in the societal hierarchy of of school and who was the popular kid or and they come from a position of let's make other people fear me in order you know so that they will like me and i say that in inverted commas but yeah a lot more needs to be done in that regard (laughs) without having to go down a rabbit hole (laughs) yeah i think the bullies thing is great because i think whatever pain they inflict upon somebody quite often uh, and you know, I was I was bullied quite badly in school myself, so I'm not excusing it. But uh, the bully is quite often in more pain than the, the, mm. their victim, you know. And uh, you're absolutely right about the criticism advice thing. We need to be more resilient in terms of who we let um, affect us. But I think constructive feedback is one thing. That's what we can learn from, and we yeah. can you know we can take things on board which help us to um, not so much improve ourselves, but make changes to the way we approach things which are better for us but criticism is something which is inherently negative and i think yeah that's that's probably the best the best way that we could sum up uh, how that should be uh, dealt with and the way you've talked about it is that think about what's going on for the person that felt the need to make a negative comment to someone that they never they've never met they're never going to meet that has no real bearing on their life if that is something that, that they feel the need to do there's something going on for them um, that's coming from a place of unhappiness or insecurity or whatever so I think you know that's that's ultimately why we do this and social media has amplified that it is a it's a communication tool the problem is the communication isn't always positive but that's where we all have that responsibility to um, you know to manage our own use of it in a way which which doesn't bring negativity into our lives Mm. and I think um like the point that you made about like being able to to a certain extent like block out the noise and focus on what is relevant because there's a lot of noise in the world there's a lot of like you know people banging the drum and 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 all the rest and trying to just make a song and dance out of things but I think it's important to you know understand and focus your attention towards what is relevant to you and what it is what's going to serve you in life because like ultimately the only thing that the most singular important thing in anyone's life I and I say this with a caveat, you know, unless you're a, a, you know, a parent, because obviously you've got a dependent child, but really at the, at the heart of everything, you are the most important person in your life. So make sure that you look after yourself. Um, and to, to like, th- there's so much in that regard and in that space of how you look after yourself. But one of them is to try and block out that noise and, and to focus on what truly matters to you and who you are as an individual and, and, you know, being accepting of that and being accepting of yourself like where you are right now and then also acknowledging the fact that you know you've got certain steps and certain things that you need to do to become who you want to be in at some point in the future but at the it's always to look after yourself right now and do what is best yes. for you not only short term but long term as well yeah and even more so if you've got kids or you've got people depending on you you know you've got to take care of yourself and I think one of the problems is a lot of people just do not feel worthy of they do not feel they deserve that and that comes from you know messages that they received you know earlier on in their life or that have been sort of compounded throughout life and that's where I think therapy can help people who are unable to consider themselves worthy of, of putting themselves first or looking after themselves and whereas people who are a bit more um a bit more self-aware you know 
perhaps a, a little bit more tuned into how they feel may benefit more from some of the the kind of advice guidance type things because they just need yes. a little bit of a helping hand uh, but you're absolutely right we are at the end of the day as as kind of stark a reality as this is you can only really depend on yourself uh, you can you're only going to be there for yourself at the end of the day and that's comes back to that whole thing you said about empowering and the autonomy whether it's you know sort of lifestyle tips or advice or guides life coaching whether it's therapy you as an individual have the choice to decide what you do for yourself and that is something that nobody can ever take away from you get to decide how to feel mm-hmm. um but i think sometimes we, we we lose sight of the fact that we feel a certain way because of things which we believe to be our perspective you know mm. and um yeah i think that's a very a very relevant point you know look after yourself hashtag self-care we see it everywhere yeah but it is so important absolutely um because ultimately this is this is a they, i was on a pod this was like maybe one of the first ever podcast that i appeared on i appeared on it as a guest but it was a point that I, I brought up and it's something that I, I remember even the on the day of posting it. I think I was, I may have been about 18, 19 or so. Um, but I think like it's something that I've always been aware of. And, you know, there's a multitude of different reasons for that, uh, which I, you know, <laughs> might write a book on someday or something. But anyway, um, like something that I post, it was a post on Instagram. And so I, I made the joke, I made the joke in the previous podcast and I'll make the joke here again, but I took a nice picture. I was looking half decent and I said to myself, I need to come up with a caption for this now, Nathan. It was just a picture of me on my own. So I said, the caption was going to be, um, there's so many uh, variables in life and there is only one constant and that's you. Uh, so like invest in yourself and be, be your own best friend. So that was basically that was basically the, the the caption, and I think it's an important message to convey to people as well. But at the same time, I say that, but I also say that in a sense that know that you're not alone either, and there is help out there for people who need it, and don't be afraid to seek it too. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to take anything away from that that um, beautiful picture you painted there, Nathan, because uh, I think you're absolutely right. You've got to look after yourself. You've got to you've got to be kind to yourself, but sometimes you need help to do that. And, you know, to anybody that is, is listening to this and, you know, is thinking about maybe taking that step, what I would say is do it. Absolutely do it because there are people out there that are right for you to help you through that journey. And what therapy should be for anybody that chooses to go into it is a process where they feel absolutely comfortable with their with their choice, with their therapist. You can try as many as you like. It is not about you fitting in with the therapist. It's about the therapist fitting in with you. So if it is something you're thinking of, I would absolutely advocate doing it because there's a reason you're thinking of it. So mm. go and have a look, you know, don't be afraid to take that step because as you just said, help is there if you need it. And like, I suppose just to emphasize, because I think this is some, is it may be a challenge that people face um, and it's something that I would have heard previously um, was with regards to that whole thing, you know, you said finding the match and finding who works for you because Obviously, there is a lot of people out there that are offering service and they, that they are qualified to communicate with people. But I suppose a way that I um, try to like cultivate that or communicate that would be like, I'm not trying to say that it's like dating, but like to a certain extent, you need to find a match. You need to find who is like comparable for, you know, um, what's the word? Compatible for you. Yes. And, um, you know, it's trial and error. You're not going to you might not get it first time, but. Um, and yeah. don't let that deter you from trying the second and the third time 
no and, and to be honest your comparison to dating is pretty apt because most people uh, that think about looking for a therapist and go on one of the many directories that are out there i think two of the the most uh, common ones would be counseling directory and psychology today uh you make your decision based on the photo you know mm. you don't read the profile you and we and we know for the most part that's how dating works and mm. you know it's been reduced down to uh you know for the, the tinder form of do you want to sleep with this person or not that's literally mm. the decision that you're making when, when you're swiping through yeah. so from a from a choosing a therapist point of view quite often people are like oh they've got a kind face or well no they've got scary eyes i'm not going to go to them um okay, and then there's obviously uh, <laughs> yeah I, I was gonna say that's well obviously with the pandemic yeah face-to-face working has been kind of scuppered a little bit there are people that are still doing it i actually work um i work face-to-face online but i also do walk and talk uh, i've got some lovely kind of coastal areas on my doorstep so i do a lot of outdoor therapy um and uh, a lot of men like that actually because i think it's it is less restrictive and sat in a room yeah it's casual you're going for a walk and i think the, you know the words don't kind of hang in the room the walls mm. don't kind of judge what's been said so there's there's different ways but you're absolutely right try and try again because you've got to feel comfortable and when you find the right match for you you will know it and it will change your life Definitely. Um, and I suppose like another important thing and it's something that I try to convey at the end of like towards the end of every podcast, I think we are probably come towards the end of our discussion and it's been a fantastic conversation and I've no doubt that people will get great value from it. And it may even be the case that, you know, we might do a follow up, we might do it again. There might be some you know further questions from people and stuff like that. And like I said already, I would encourage people to connect uh, with Richard and um, and to, to keep that connection in place because it is a valuable um, outlet and a valuable connection to have. But one of the things that I always try to emphasize and like part, part of the reason of doing this and not the sole reason, but definitely part of it would be like, look at the discussion that we've had today. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not qualified in, in any, any of this realm, but in order to obtain information and in order to challenge your perspective and in order to grow and learn and, unlearn old things and and become more well-rounded as an individual you do need to talk to people you need to engage with people you need to you know know your know your own self and know your own kind of viewpoints and and but at the same time be open to change because the minute you think you know everything is the minute you know nothing and i think ignorance is bliss until it smacks you in the face and but but basically this was much meant to be a more positive positive note (laughs) but it was basically to encourage people to engage in conversations like this because it doesn't have to be a big taboo topic it doesn't have to be this whole you know thing of oh fuck i mean you know what happens if i say this or what happens if i say that like just engage in the topic of conversation have the discussions and that's all part of it you know i think everything is uncomfortable when you first try it until you you do engage in it and it becomes more comfortable every time after yeah i think you're really really spot on there it doesn't always have to be heavy and serious and just to um kind of go back to the the real about the stereotypes i think one of the things i was trying to achieve with that and hopefully it came across mm. was that you know humor can be a really um really powerful tool in facilitating conversations around difficult subjects and opening up those discussions laughing at something uh, you know it, uh, finding humor in something is very very different to uh, ridicule you know yes. and um I think one of the problems, especially with men, for all the reasons we talked about today, is that talking about mental health is everybody's terrified of being seen not to take it seriously enough. Mm. So everyone gets really heavy about it, you know, and that makes it so difficult for a lot of guys to talk about it. You know, we need to de-risk it, make it a bit safer 
and make it you know, normalize it take the stigma away from it it's not it's not the heaviest conversation in the world it's something that actually should be totally normal to talk about yeah and it is it is a two-pronged conversation so let's say i was struggling and i wanted to reach out to not even you not even you as a therapist but let, let's say as friends right um, it is a two-pronged approach of like, well, I'm struggling and then the person who I'm talking to is going to receive the information or the, the problem or the issue or what it is that's troubling me. Um, and I think like, so I suppose to encourage that conversation, first of all, if you are feeling that way, there's no shame in feeling that way and people are willing to help. And, you know, there is, you know, it doesn't have to, you don't have to go to them looking for the answer. They don't have to have the answer. I think most times it's just about being heard and being express, like expressing how you feel because the minute that you, again, problem shared is a problem half to like just go and discuss it. And that encourages, again, further conversations and dialogue. But also the flip side of someone who is receiving the information, know that you don't need to know. You don't need to know the answer to their problem. You don't need to solve it. But just by listening and just by being there for them and making them feel somewhat more comfortable with thoughts is a help in itself. And it can help to, you know, be the... Um, be the stimulant or be the the driver for further discussion on it going forward and, you know, helping them help themselves or helping them reach out to someone like yourself. Yeah, your listeners won't be able to see me smiling here, but you've effectively just described the therapeutic process there. You know, it is about holding somebody, um, which, which comes back to the whole thing about maybe advice isn't what somebody needs in that time maybe they just need to be held emotionally have their feelings validated and have that space to process what's going on for them and figure out where it is that they want to go so yeah very well put brilliant thank you um i suppose like kind of coming towards an end and, and i think a quite a nice place to finish up um in that in that space of you know encouraging people to first of all talk and then also you know seeking help too um and i suppose some of the kind of at the end of a podcast with a guest, some of the questions that I, or I have two kind of things that I like to ask. Uh, and I actually didn't even give you a, a heads up that I was going to ask. So, um, you know, quick fire around, but it's not, it's very simplistic. It's very lighthearted. And it's, um, I suppose, three things that you are looking forward to, um, you know, as things get back to normal or, you know, the new version of normal and would say to people, you know, the old version of normal doesn't have to be your new version of normal. And I'm going to touch on that again with the next question, but yeah, three things that you're, you're looking forward to. Uh, definitely one of them would be getting out on my, my bike again, my mountain bike. Uh, that's something that for me, going back to the kind of, you know, looking after yourself thing, that's, that was my, escape my self-care thing uh, i've got a few mates who um i've known for over 30 years and we ride together and it's it's not just the riding it's the kind of camaraderie you know it's the it's that sort of replenishment of again the stuff that's in that that triangle i mentioned the maslow's hierarchy uh i think seeing family as well my brother my younger brother's had his third child um in December and I've seen her once we saw her over Christmas mm. other than that it's been pictures we you know we, we live very close to each other um and uh, yeah, it's been difficult not to not to share in some of those moments. You know, I'm seeing it growing up through through videos, um, and actually just to be able to go out for a beer. <laughs> yeah, think, yeah, know, that'd be quite. Go out for a pint, yeah, yeah. I've never, I, you know, I, I haven't been out socially in the way that I used to for many years because, uh, yeah, I'm older, my lifestyle is different. But yeah, I just really would like to just go for a beer. Mm. Uh, I'd agree with you on that, and I, I would cheers to that. I would. I won't yes. drink to it though, because I'm currently not drinking. But maybe at well, some point in the future, might return to it. But um, <laughs> I think what I suppose 
something to, to say off the back of that is the people who are listening that there is so much to look forward to and that good times will come back again. Um, and, you know, it's important to, to, to look forward to them, uh, but also to try and, you know, appreciate what is around you right now and, uh, you know, be grateful for what you do have rather than wishing for what you don't. Uh, but remember that, you know, that is coming and that there is plenty to look forward to. So there is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, yep. And then the final um, question that I had was, um, and look, this it doesn't have to be a long explanation, but um, it's try, it's about trying to make people conscious of all the changes that we've made in the last year. Um, you know, there's been a lot of changes that we've been forced to make, but is there any changes that you would choose to keep? Um, well, yeah, I think actually for me, it's probably pushed me more towards social media and for the reasons we touched upon when we spoke offline the other day and we've kind of expanded on today, it's really changed my perception of the value that it can offer. And I think I had allowed myself to um, be less responsible and accountable for what I let come into my life through it. And through being a little bit more robust, I think, in you know, in, in the, the kind of the channels that I've engaged with, the content I've engaged with, I have actually brought an awful lot of value into my life in the last six months. And I wouldn't be having this conversation with you right now if I hadn't have done that. So, yeah, there's definitely been um, value in me, you know, understanding how social media can improve my life. That I probably wouldn't have engaged with if, if everything had stayed the same. So, mm. uh I hope that's a sufficient enough answer. No, definitely, it definitely, <laughs> it definitely is. It definitely is. And I suppose the whole point of asking that question is like, I mean, I didn't give you a, I didn't give you a, you know, a view of that and I didn't, you know, warn you about it. But I think it's a question that we can, that I hope to leave with people. And I know, you know, you'll be someone who's quite self-aware already, but it's just to, to ask ourselves that question because it is something that I talked about. Um, it was on my personal social media was, you know, everyone's saying, I can't wait to get back to normal. I can't wait to get back to normal. I can't wait to get back to normal. But, you know, some of the things that were normal or some of the things that will continue to be normal for the majority of society shouldn't really be. And just because it's deemed to be societal um, societal terms, normal doesn't mean that it has to be your normal. It's all about choosing what serves you best and, and you know, truly living your best life is, is, a, is a phrase that I like to leave people on as well. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Nathan. What's happened over the last year has been um, the effects of it are going to be felt for many years to come. It's been very, very difficult for many people, but it's also afforded us an opportunity that we that we've never really had ever um, mm. to stop and think about what is really important. It may not be within your grasp right now, but there has been an opportunity to reflect and think about what the, what you want the rest of your life to to really be like. So. Uh, in support of, of you saying that I would urge anybody to you know to just invest in that and, and and go towards it whatever it is how big how small go towards it brilliant and um I suppose just to, before we finish up I'll let you give yourself a plug on um Instagram I know you've got a website as well uh, so, so where can people find you I suppose is the, the last thing Sure. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Instagram, check your head uh, UK. Uh, as we said earlier, uh, that's a page that I put content out, which kind of hopefully communicates mental health related themes, day to day uh, you know, themes in through the, kind of the lens of films that have meant something to me, a bit of pop culture and also just, uh, you know, 
uh, a few videos here and there of stuff which I think might be relevant. Our website is checkyourhead.co.uk. Uh, I do work online, so if anybody's listening to this and wants to get in touch professionally, um, please do. Uh, if you're local to me, as I say, Bournemouth, Dorset, then I do work uh, outdoors, walk and talk as well. And when it's safe to, I'll be doing face to face. Um, but uh, yeah, have a look. Be happy to hear from anybody. And thank you very much for the opportunity, Nathan. Brilliant. Thank you very much. And um, thanks to everyone for coming and joining us and listening. And um, if you did enjoy the conversation, I would encourage you to share it on your social medias. And if you could tag both of us, that would be very helpful, not to help us, but to help other people. And the more people that see the conversation, the more people that hear the conversation, uh, the more likely people are to engage in it as well. So that's all for this week's episode. And I would like to thank everyone again. And a very special thank you to Richard as well for joining me. So cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you.